big game from Alfonso Plumbers. 21 points, his fifth consecutive 20-point game. 17 points and 18 rebounds from the big fella, Kofi Coburn. 21 points from Slim Jake, Jake Grandison, and 18 from Trent Frazier. Um, the Illini score almost at will when they don't turn the ball over. Um, but they did have a, well, the one flaw was the 18 turnovers that they had. They dominated the glass 52. I mean, it's almost crazy. 52 to 23 is the rebounding margin, which is just insane when you think about it. But, uh, the, uh, the turnovers kept Iowa in it, but the Illini pull it out down the stretch, uh, make their free throws. Great to see a team that makes free throws 24 of 28 from the line and get the win. Mike Cagley here right now with me. We'll be joined later by uh, with by Ke- uh, Matt Stevens and Kendrick Prince. But, Cags, what did you see from this one? What are your thoughts on this win? Huge road win to start the Big Ten ske- road schedule. Yeah, look, anytime you win on the road, it's like you say your Hail Marys and move on. Uh, <laughs> but this was – I thought it was very interesting. The second half, there were three rebounds, offensive rebounds, that Illinois got on pure hustle, just running after the ball. At one one of them, there was actually three Illinois guys who who were right next to the ball, um, you know, out past the left uh, side of the three point line. And to me, when you look at a game that was decided by by basically four points, you know, you get those three possessions, and that's a big deal because if you don't get those rebounds. Um, even if you didn't score, that's three possessions in which they might have found a way to come back and win that game. Um, and I thought it was pretty amazing with that type of lead in the rebounds that it was hustle rebounds, not blocking out, just sheer, I got to get to the ball before they do, that made the difference. And I think that's a lot of what Coach Underwood is trying to get out of this team. And I think I think he's got the team kind of playing like I imagine if, if I was going to play Underwood one-on-one, he'd be that guy who's like diving for the loose balls. You know, <laughs> and you're like, calm down, dude. It's just a game. <laughs> yeah, he definitely, it's an everyday, everyday guy uh, mentality for sure. Getting after those balls. You know, it reminded me, they were chasing down those loose balls, those rebounds. It reminded me a little bit of back of when uh, just recently passed when you had the guy like Andres Feliz, a yeah. guard who would just go get those balls. And, you, you see that rubbing off. I thought Plummer rebounded well tonight. Uh, I thought Trent Frazier rebounded well tonight. Plummer with only two rebounds, but he, they were balls he chased down and went and got. Got fouled on one of them. DeMonte with four rebounds. Coleman Hawkins, seven rebounds. Um, they get five team rebounds where the ball, you know, they, they ended up getting the rebound on a, uh, you know, ball getting knocked out or whatever, fouled on a rebound. Trent, Trent Frazier with eight rebounds. And, of course, Kofi is the best rebounder, like, you know, on the floor, obviously. He's the biggest guy. Alive. Yes, he's pretty good at that whole rebounding thing. And scoring, 17. Uh, I thought Illinois, you know, the, of course, we got to address the the elephant in the room, right? I mean, it's a win. You know, we win on the road, but then you start looking at the things that you rebounded well. You shot the ball well again from three. You got Plummer and Grandison lighted up. Trent hit well. But, you know, here's the reality. You can't turn the ball over that many times, you know, and, and consistently win, especially on the road, although they did. They had <laughs> – I. It, there were three 10-second calls, literally, and it was almost, they were so unaware of what was going on. Now, I will say this. I, I've told my kids before, when I've coached them against pressure, I'm like, I would rather have a 10-second call than a live ball turnover. But what I really mean is don't throw it to the other team. I don't mean literally just hold the ball in the backcourt for 10 seconds. I mean, there's, there's obviously a different um, 
a different thing there. So Illinois really struggled against the Iowa pressure. What are your thoughts on the, the turnovers against the press? Well, um, for anybody who says that you only need one point guard, I say give me as many guys who can handle the ball as humanly possible. Um, you know, it would be really nice if you had a guy like Epps or Fears to come into the game when you need him in these situations. Um, the other thing that, that, that I do, and or this Curbello. is just a, or maybe yeah, well, uh, obviously <laughs> Curbelo. Yeah. We know he's injured. And um, you know, I, I hashtag a couple times, you know, we miss, we miss Curbelo. Um, but ultimately I think, you know, the one thing that I do get on a little bit, which does frustrate me is when you run a press offense that doesn't put somebody in the middle and you play that pass around the outside, um, these things happen. And I, and, and about half the time they had somebody in the middle. If you get somebody in the middle of the press, you're, you're much more likely to break it. That's a personal preference from my own coaching style. Um, I know Underwood would coach, you know, circles around me, but I would like to see somebody breaking into the middle because then you force guys to make decisions and they can't just stand next to their guy and, and go up and contest every pass or try for a steal on every pass. Yeah, the other thing I look at it, they almost at times it was kind of a it's kind of a ball press where then what would happen was if you're dribbling and then you pick up your dribble in the backcourt, then they go match up. They fly back yep. and they match up and they got pressure on the ball. Now if you yep. cross half court, they're gonna trap. But in the backcourt, they're just gonna go make you pick it up. Now you're stuck. You know, you're trying yep. to throw at a guy in a move and they're like they don't even realize they switched to man. So it's like a I think it's a hard thing to play against if you if you run it well. But you can see the one thing is when the ball did hit the middle, you have to make them pay. And I think that was one thing Illinois didn't do, especially early on. When they did break the press, they're so concerned with getting out and setting up and running. You had a two-on-one with Kofi. If you're not going to bring Kofi out on the like on the outside and let him use him as like a pressure release, then you better get down there and let him dunk it when you do break it. So yep. Because he can dunk it. Or you're going to shoot a layup on the other side because if they come on you, you dump it off to him, he dunks it. So those they had they could have had two on ones and three on twos all day long. Now at the end of the game, you notice they finally did it. Um, Grandison to Williams and then to Plummer in the corner, and he drains that three. They're up three. That was the I thought that was although Iowa did cut it back to a possession. I thought that was the dagger. I thought that 74-71 and Plummer hits three, put him up six. I thought that was really the dagger. I mean that was the game, not the game over, but yet it really just gave you some breathing room and it was huge and and it was against. They beat the press. They attacked the press, got the ball across half court, attacked back in the middle, ball reversal against it, shoot a wide open three, just uncontested. And so those are little things against that. Now, the one thing I like to see, when you want to reverse the ball before you get up there, that's one thing. When you only have one guard back there, you can't reverse the ball. So that's one thing I don't like yep. because I want to reverse the ball because then it allows me the opportunity on that ball reversal to get to, then I have seams to attack. Whether I'm driving, yes. dribbling into the seam, and then kicking to whatever, or to the middle where the guy is, or even a skip pass, I have now gaps. But if I have one guy back there, there's no gaps. I can't change sides. I'm stuck on one side. So I'm reading those three guys back there. They're reading me, and they're sticking one guy back there with Kofi, and really nobody's guarding me. They're just sitting. It's almost like a one-three-one at times where they're putting those guys. So yeah, that's where I like to have those two guards so I can reverse the ball before I attack then hit that gap, hit that seam, and then you can make something happen. And um, guys can, you know, fewer turnovers, I think, that way. And more aggressive, I think that's one thing. 
Yeah, we we would teach our guy too. Is if we had a guy in the middle, we reverse the ball. We would teach him to seal off. So so as as yep. the defense is switching around, you could seal. So we knew we would we would reverse the ball, then pass back into the center where he had where he had kind of wedged his guy off. And then the other thing that we used to to believe in is the only way to stop a pressing coach from pressing is to score on him. So if you want to stop the press you got to go after the basket because they give up a few baskets. And then that's when the, that's when the coach goes, all right, I'm done. And, and if you pull the ball out, you just encourage them to keep pressing. If you recall, even back in the gross era, there were a couple games where, where literally Fran lost the game because he'd put the press on against a quicker Illini game, team. Uh, this was, this was prior to Luca and, and we, they would, that was the only time Illinois could score is they would actually attack the basket on the press and get the layups. And, and so I, I'm 100% with you, especially when you got Kofi back there, basically one-on-one, let him, let him slam dunk on somebody, let him, let him just wall the guy off and play off of, of the, the ball coming at him. And, and so I was always hesitant on a press. I wanted to finish that with a layup because otherwise a pressing coach is going to do that all day long. If he thinks he can get you to set up with 12 seconds to go on the shot clock, he'll take that every single time. And you're going to face that press the whole dang game. Yeah. You know, so let's say you do get across, then you shorten the game to a 21, 22 second possession. Then you, you know, then they get it across, then they got to get it back to the point guard. And then it's like, you know, by the time you're actually running thing, you're right. It's like running like uh, a 15 second, you got 15 seconds on shot clock. So then it makes it, the reason they're doing it isn't necessarily to force turnovers. All that work to force turnovers. Exactly. But they want to set that up late because to get the ball to Kofi, you need that ball reversal or swing high, low, something. You can't just, well, sometimes you can just throw it up there. But, you know, generally speaking, you want to get reversal so we can seal a guy and get him on his hip or get him up, push him up. And so you, the more ball reversal movement you get and movement of players, then you can do those things. So, and you know, some teams aren't going to press. And you know, if they get, I, I really think like Andre Curbelo against that pressure tonight, he would have turned it over a few times. But we also yeah. Illinois would have also dunked a lot on the other end too. Yep. You know, I mean, so it's just a different different mindset. You know, it's a different abilities, and that's why we're talking. That's why you're so happy to have guys like a Ty Rogers coming in, Jaden Epps, um, Sincere Harris, and then if you have Curbelo next year. That is a lot of ball handlers. That's guys who can handle the ball. And that's Brad Underwood's looking at tonight going, ah, that's why I needed those guys. So Even danger. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the, the other thing that I would do looking at the film, and, and I would have to actually go through the game film, but I wonder how many times, because I know Underwood loves that, that, that shot in the first seven seconds if you get a good one, but how many times tonight could they have gotten the ball into Kofi early on because I counted at least three times where if they would have just come down and, and got the ball right inside, I think he would have had three layups at a minimum, maybe three dunks. Now, again, I'm not saying that that's every time down the court, but seven seconds doesn't mean it has to be a 23 foot shot. It can be, it can be force it into Kofi, let him dunk it and come back because there was there were a couple times that I thought Iowa just wasn't really. I don't think they felt like they had to get back on him because they didn't think he was going to get the ball that quick. Yep, I agree. I agree with you completely. Now let's talk about the defense. I thought Illinois did a really good job defensively until late against Iowa. You know, at the end of the day, Iowa was going to score one point two oh three points per possession, which is a really good number. But 
they scored a bunch of points in the last, you know, at the end of the uh, end of the game. You know, some threes, some wild threes. Got to the line, got fouled, clock stop. Illinois trying not to foul, trying to do, you know. So it's a really different different game, you know, at the end when you're just trying to change because they're trying to get possessions. And, and so, you know, if you look at that, you know, most of that was in the second half. So that, that kind of contributes to that. But I thought Illinois did a good job of limiting what Murray finishes with 19 points, but he takes him 15 shots to get 19 points, and he yep. only gets two rebounds. I think that's important. Um, to keep him off there. Um, Illinois, you know, they do a good job on uh, Bohannon, who gets four points, only played 17 minutes because basically they went with the athletic, more athletic guys on defense yeah. um, to, to score. I, You know, they got, again, I, is the Perkins kid going to go, go very often going to score 16? I guess he's a couple games in a row. He's kind of, a, the, they call him the microwave off the bench or whatever, but you know, he's just basically a, a scorer, and and you know, Euless probably had, he had eleven. I don't know if, how many times he's had eleven. So, but they did a good job. I mean, on the other guys, on you know, um, I, I thought they limited Bohannon, they limited both McCaffreys, they limited you know, um, you know, one hit of three, shooting nineteen percent on the year. So, that's when you're you know, it's gonna <laughs> surprises happen. So, but overall, I thought Illinois' defensive uh, effort was good. Um, I thought they they had a few uh, breakdowns um, defensively early on a couple of the shooters, but then after that, I thought they did a really good job. And then I thought they did a really nice job with um, you know of of limiting you know Murray. To, I mean, he scored he scored 19, but if you make him take 15 shots to get his 19 points, then that really makes it. And, and you think about that too. What do you have? Two or three like. Break two two breakaway dunks or breakaway layups. Yeah, and, dunks. and they they were impressive. I'll give him that. Yes, they were. And then he had the one on the putback. So in the half court, when they guard him in half court, they really did a nice job on him. I thought Coleman Hawkins again showed some good defensive presence, although he fouled too much. You know, he got the fouls, but I think some of that he's kind of got the rep now for complaining about the fouls. So you're going to get some fouls occasionally. So I thought Demonte Williams, uh, you know, he didn't have a great offensive game, but. Did a pretty good job, you know, squaring up with those guys um, at times. But Iowa tried to play small, too. So you, you wonder how many teams are going to do that. Obviously, Purdue and Michigan aren't going to play small against Illinois because their best players are big guys. But you wonder how many teams are going to say, hey, let's play small and make them throw it to Kofi. You know, and then you know, the, the, the good thing was last year for the opponent was Kofi missed free throws. So you just foul him. Just keep sending guys in there to foul him. But now, what's he shooting now? I don't even know what it is, but what is he shooting for the year? Let's look. Kofi is now shooting legit. I mean, uh, what? It's 71% from the line. How about that? Yeah, he's going to be able to shoot threes from now on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But 71% from the line, that's fantastic. If he shoots, we were saying the other night, if he shoots 67%, we're pretty happy. So, yeah. That's good. Well, I, think, I think a couple things come to mind. First off, Hawkins played really good defense. The frustrating thing was two or three of his fouls were just dumb. When you just you, you put that arm out laterally and reach at a guy driving, that's going to be a foul anywhere in America. And and whether he whether you touch him that hard or if you touch him at all isn't that big a deal. Just don't do it. You know, either either make a play or don't make a play, but to stick that arm out and get a foul called as important as he is to the game, he's got to stop doing that. Um, the other thing that I thought was the weirdest thing in the world was watching Tony Perkins play. 
I have never seen a player, if you watch him, who literally jumps and he swipes down on the ball. Every time he gets close to somebody who's got the ball, he swipes down at him. And I, if that would have been, if that would have been an Illini player swinging down like he did, and he would sometimes go from top of his shoulder, um, they would have had like 19 fouls. It was like watching a third grader play in terms of the, his ability to just stick an arm out and swing and hit somebody. Um, but as I look at it, it seemed to me that our defense was good. And what I did notice is even Kofi, you know, I know he got called for the foul where he hit where he hit uh, McCaffrey on the thumb, which somehow caused him to totally lose his balance. But that's not a flop. But anyway, and, you know, if I will tell you, if I get my thumb hit just walking around, I will be on the floor because it obviously is the key to my whole body balance. <laughs> but but the, the, the but it was interesting. You notice Kofi was going after the shoulder of the shooter. So if a guy's right-handed, he was going past the right shoulder. He wasn't necessarily trying to block it, but he was trying to scare the hell out of him. And it did work a couple of times. And, and to me, that's how we used to always coach it was we didn't care if you blocked the three pointer, just run at the guy's shooting arm as hard as you could go right past him even. And it was amazing how many times a guy would focus on you coming at him as opposed to his follow through. And, and Kofi was really good at that. And, and I think DeMonte, the interesting thing is I know he only had three points, but my God, the point, you know, that was a key layup and the and one down, down the, the uh, lane there. And the other thing was, you know, three of his four rebounds were at critical junctures of the game. Say what you want about DeMonte. The man has a sense of timing, um, <laughs> you know, and, and cause when they really need something, they got it. And I really thought both Grandison, Grandison and, um, Trent were very quiet on their route to uh, 20, you know, 21 and 18 points, whereas Kofi and Plummer were kind of exciting on their route. So um, I was I was happy to see a four pronged attack like that. Um, and, you know, it just seems to me that when we when Curbelo is is, uh, uh, you know, feeling good with that neck, I think um, this team, you know, get him a chance to acclimate a little bit. I think this team's going to be really rolling as long as I do think part of the reason they're playing a little bit better is you don't have three, six foot guards in at once. So when you have, you know, you have Trent and Plummer, um, you do have a, you know, a little bit of height if, if, if um, Williams is in there, but I do think sometimes they go with the two, the two guards. And then if you have Grandison, Hawkins and Kofi, um, that takes that makes it a little bit harder for the defense. Yeah, no question. I, I think the one thing at the end, it would have been nice to have those three guards. <laughs> yes, <laughs> when you're I trying agree. to handle the pressure, that's when you need them. Um, you saw that last year. A lot of times at the end of games, you'd have Curbelo and Io and Trent all out there to close it out. You know, not for exactly. long stretches because teams tend to go small when you have to handle the ball at the end of the game. I mean, you want those guys who can handle it. That's where a guy like Ty Rogers is so good coming in because of his ability to handle the ball like a point guard. Um, but, you know, the one thing that concerns me a little bit going forward, Illinois played um, – they played nine guys, but let's be honest, they Luke Goody got six minutes. Um, he was actually uh, – you know, he got six. Omar Payne got one. Benjamin Vosmer-Jonks got nine. And then, you know, uh, Grandison got 30 off the bench. And so you basically had six guys that played, you know, pretty good minutes, and then, you know, the other guys kind of subbed in. No Austin Hutcherson, 
No R.J. Melendez, and I know Melendez has been battling the ankle. I know Hutchinson's coming back of the flu. He's not 100%. You got, you know, you got no Bellow. Those are three of the guys who you expected to be a part of this rotation coming into this season. And, and I think it, that's the one concern I have is there's not a lot of depth right now of guys that are playing well. You got your, but I guess if you're six guys, I mean, Coach K's gotten away with playing this kind of rotation for a long time. But I think Brad Underwood would like to play nine guys. I think he'd really like to play nine guys if he had nine guys that were playing well right now. Um, but, you know, not even to be able to put against that, you know, kind of pressure, not Hutcherson, who's a pretty good ball handler, I know he's sick, um, or put Melendez, who is a guy who can slash and could have done some good things, I think, there. So, yeah, I, I think it's pretty wild to see that the, the team we thought had all this depth and now looks like it's short benched, you know, six, seven guys tops. Don't. Don't you think, though, that, that if we look here at the rest of the month, you know, um, Saturday is Arizona. That's going to be a tough game. There's no yep. doubt, even though it's at home. Then you get the critter, St. Francis of Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Then you get what looks to possibly be a critter, although they hate playing Another us. critter, Missouri. Missouri, <laughs> Missouri, <laughs> Missouri on December critters. 22nd. And then Florida A&M on um, – you know, on the 29th. So essentially, you know, you got 23 days where you play four games and on paper, one of them is really tough. So to me, this is where I think you got to start easing in Hutcherson, you know, if Curbelo's back, I mean, obviously I'm, I trust that the coaches and trainers, they're not going to play him until he can play, but, but Hutcherson, Melendez, Goody, I think this gives you some time and, and maybe Arizona is not when you're really going to start that, but maybe St. Francis, Missouri and Florida A&M, you try to get those guys worked in a little bit so that when, um, you know, the big 10 season starts in earnest on January 2nd against the Minnesota Gophers that you're ready to go. And, yeah. and. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think um, St. Francis, I mean, you, so you look at these teams that are going to play St. Francis, 226 in the rankings, Missouri 143, Florida A&M 288, Minnesota even 90. Illinois is now 13th on Pomeroy right now. So the Illinois-Arizona game is basically a toss-up. It's the home game venue. Arizona's 12th, Illinois 13th. But then you got Minnesota, even in the Big Ten, though, though Mike, go into this. By They do not play a game they won't be favored, maybe after Arizona, until January, probably January 17th when they play Purdue at home. That's probably the next time they'll play a game when they're not favored in, in a game. like and, and so I think there's a great chance here. If you beat Arizona, you have a great chance to throw together a significant run here. You've already won. I mean, you got to look at it right now. They've won five in a row. So you're talking right. six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Beat Michigan at home. That's 13 in a row. You're 13 and two, and you're playing number one, potentially, or whatever they are, Purdue, at home on Monday, January 17th, and wow, that place would be rocking. You know what, Brad? This is Illinois. It's not going to be that easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we know that there's a curveball coming, and, um, but I, I, I'm, all with, I'm totally with you. I'm totally in support of that, um, and that would be a great, great storyline to see, you know, uh, beat Michigan and then get a number one versus number two on January 17th. Uh, that, that I believe is MLK day 
And uh, that game is going to be on at 11 o'clock on Fox on a national network. Yep. And boy, would that be cool to have the Illini, you know, go in there and or at home against a, a tough opponent like that. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm pretty, you know, but like I say, you know, obviously a long way to go. We can talk about that as a coach. You don't look at those things like Brad Underwood's not worried about the Purdue game right now, although they're probably, you know, they're compiling games and film and doing things all the time, but they're not worried about Purdue or Michigan or any of those are, they're worried about Arizona and then they'll worry about yep. the next game. Then they'll worry about the next game. And so that's what they do. And so, but we, the great part about us, Mike, is we're not coaching this team. So we can think about all that kind of stuff and, and it doesn't exactly. matter. It will have no bearing on the, the result in the game. Yes. And, and I, and I will say that, you know, again, th this stretch here gives them some time to get their sea legs under them, gets these guys a chance to let their bodies heal a bit. And it'll be a lot of fun to see what this team can do when they're all actually practicing together. Wouldn't that yeah, be a neat thing to do? That'd be cool, too. Matt Stevens now joining us live from Carver Hawkeye Arena, home of the 0-2 Big Ten Iowa Hawkeyes. So, Matt, what are your thoughts on the game being live there today? I, I thought the defensive effort, especially in the first half against Keegan Murray, was just excellent. Uh, you got to give a lot of credit to DeMonte and Coleman for that. And uh, and then Illinois is going to make shots. I mean, Plummer is going to make shots based off of his last five games. But if this team sits down and defends and, and goes to the glass like they did for 40 minutes, um, they're going to be really tough. They're going to be really, really tough to beat. And, and, and in this league, I think they're, they're elite. So said it before, I'll say it again. I think that there was a really uh, nice defensive effort, even though Iowa scores 83. Iowa, 83 for Iowa was actually pretty low. And there was a point where they were shooting like 30% in the second half. So I, I thought this team, when they weren't turning the ball over, um, was pretty efficient on, on the offensive end and pretty impressive on the defensive end. And, and they, 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 they dominated the glass. I mean, it was just, it was just very, very clear which team had Kofi Coburn on it um, from that standpoint, but um and which team didn't have Luca Garza anymore from that standpoint. So um, there are a lot of Jimmy the Greek check marks for Illinois on this point. And if, if they can stop turning the ball over and being one of the worst teams in the country in terms of turnover percentage, they're going to be top 10, top 15 in the country again, really, really quick in my view. And winning these two games, December Big Ten games is huge in my opinion. It really just gives them a huge lift. Yeah, when you, you look at the turnovers and you talk about that, Iowa got 26 points off Illinois turnovers, and many of those are just runouts where they're getting you know layups right. and dunks at the other end. So you can't guard, though. I mean, that's basically your offense turning, giving it up. That's like a pick six in football. Our defense gave up 30 points. Well, we threw three pick sixes, so that was part. You know, it's the same type of thing. So that's where – exactly what – that's exactly what Underwood calls it tonight is picks – we gave up pick sixes. He Sometimes he calls them turnovers for touchdowns. I mean, it was yep. – it was, it was what you cannot do. It was absolutely what you cannot do. And to your point, Brad, if they don't do that or they cut those maybe in half, I think this is a blowout. Honest to God, I really do. Um, yep. Because Iowa got a lot of run off that press, but they didn't yep. really do anything else. And when Illinois was able to stop them in transition or at least make a bucket so they could get back – Iowa was really, really kind of out of sorts on offense, especially in that first half. And um, that's when I think it was in the game room. And I was like, I don't have no idea how Illinois was, is winning this game. And then I looked defensively and I'm like, darn, they've been pretty good defensively and on the glass. So that's kind of how they, I thought they won this game. Yeah, definitely. And no question. And then Kofi asserts himself in the second half, you know, just a dominant second half performance from him. And, you know, the scary part about that, 
he dominates the glass and he scores. I don't know what he had. He had like 14 and 12 in the second half or something like that. But here's the, the crazy part about that. He still probably missed three layups, like literally. And I know he's getting bumped or whatever, but you're seven foot 290. You got to finish those, right? And, and so that's probably a guy who could, he could have had a 20, he almost had a 20 20 game, literally in this game. And if he makes a couple layups, he, he's 21 and 18. So. And those are shots that he has been making. You know, that's why he's shooting, you know, 70% from the floor. He had this reporter looking up the last 2020 game. So I know that he almost had it. And if he dunks the basketball on those, Brad, then he does hit 2020. And so I, I he's got to just dunk the ball, you know, honestly. But I asked him in post game, Brad, and you love this, but like, you know, as he's walking out of the tunnel of Carver Hawkeye at halftime, like side by side with him is Jeff Alexander, just basically being his hype man. And I thought he was kind of getting after Kofi, but like in the, I missed it. He was the opposite. He was just kind of being his hype man saying, look, you have one shot and three points and you're doing great right now. Do not force anything. Like don't yeah. get over anxious. Cause two years ago as a freshman, he got over anxious and Uka Garza yeah. outplayed him. Um, tonight he didn't do that. And he just took what he, when he was, when he was fronted, um, he made sure the ball popped and, you know, everybody else got a look, um, somehow, some way when they played behind him, he, he got two points and that's in that second half. And I thought that was huge for the Illini. Yeah. Big games, you know, uh, you know, you, you wonder like Mike and I were talking, this was a game against that pressure. You really wanted that other ball handler out there <laughs> to play with, with, uh, with Trent Frazier out front. Um, or and a guy we, we were talking like Bello, you know, Bello's gonna have some turnovers, but you feel like against that pressure, Bello would have beat that pressure and, and you'd have got dunks on the other end too. So it would have made them pay for having that pressure, as opposed to just turning it over and really until Plummer hits that three late, they didn't get a lot out of attacking the press. It was just we get across half court and then we try not to panic. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's got 21 tonight, but I think that's the one thing missing in Alfonso Plummer's game right now. I, I almost, in my mind, I'm going, go get the ball. Like, I, I almost think Brad, like, nearly tackled him during a timeout, just telling him, go to the basketball. Do not yeah. shy away from the ball. There were points where Alfonso wanted to be anywhere but where the basketball was, especially during that press. It's really the only, if you're going to nitpick Alfonso Plummer's game tonight, that's the only thing is that if they're going to continue to play without Bello, he has to be a guy that you can go get the basketball and get over the timeline with because this playing Trent Frazier 35 minutes a night is just going to eat up Illinois by the time we get to February and March. I just feel like I, I feel like they've got to find somebody else so that he can sit. He's buying like 50 seconds for Trent Frazier before a media timeout. And it's this idea that playing Trent Frazier, who we both know, or we all know guys is not hundred percent. That's not going to pay off in February and March. They've got to find somebody else. They feel good on the ball with right now. They don't have it because that guy right now is DeMonte Williams. And he got even, and DeMonte is, is not a guy you want basically trying to get it over the timeline on a press, especially that, that one, two, two that they, or the, the one, three, one that they throw out there where Keegan Murray's at the top of it, that really bothered Illinois. So um, yeah, I, I think thought, it's, I think you got to look to plumber. I think you got to look to plumber and, and have him just be more aggressive toward the basketball. I don't think it's really a concept thing. Um, and I think that will come over time when he, when they start learning each other and they start practicing more and more as a, as a full team. Yeah. I think there's one, we were talking about how sometimes Iowa does runs it a little differently than most people in the sense that you have the ball and when you pick up your dribble, they don't trap you. 
like in the backcourt, they run away from you and they go match up with the other four guys to make it so it's hard for you to get the ball across half court because you can't move. You're stuck. And so you're in the backcourt. Once you cross, then they want to get that trap right there, um, right at the timeline. But if you're back, like, and you pick, you take two dribbles, pick up your dribble, and you saw Coleman do this a couple times. We saw Trent do it a couple times, and then they're just stuck. So that that's you got to kind of keep it. And, and Plummer was, I don't, he was just kind of hiding behind some guy over there. He's like picking, hiding behind one of the Iowa guys, and you got to move and cut against that. And you know, we were talking. You know, it's just it's a learning process, though. You don't get to practice much because you haven't had guys in practice. So you don't get a, you know, you work on it and you play Friday night. So now you're like, well, who's going to play? I do think the one guy who could help against something like that with his height is a guy like Austin Hutcherson. If he can get himself healthy and well to be able to maybe, you know, blow by somebody or jump up and make a pass over somebody or use his C over the top um, as a guy who can dribble. Yeah, I've I've thought I've thought about Hutch, and it, the thing about Hutch, though, is that if, if Jacob Granderson, short of that first time he came in for DeMonte, and that first time, I think you noticed it in the game room, honestly, he was kind of killing Illinois. Like, I mean, he was playing for Iowa, like, you know, and then every time else after that segment, he was great. He was yeah. excellent. I, so I just Jacob thought he Granderson struggled. And, but in DeMonte Williams is going to be excellent for everything that Underwood wants him to be, right? And then Luke Goody is going to be really, really playing above his weight right now as a freshman. Where do the minutes go for Hutch? And so I think that's where you're kind of stuck right now, where like when Hutch got that flu and had the had the had the tailbone thing and then got just totally out of sync with not being able to practice and not being able out there. There were other guys on this team that kind of, you know, played above their weight at this point and 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 really have stolen his minutes. I think that that was. And I don't know how that gets back because, um, you know, he's got to get healthy and then he's got to start feeling confident again on both ends of the floor before Underwood takes out these guys that are playing really well right now. So, um, but I do agree. I think, I think physically he's a guy that could, that could do it, but um, I do want to add though, like one of the things that I thought helped them win this game and Underwood mentioned it was just, he called it the California cool from Jacob Granderson. If you got somebody on the floor, that's just going to be that calm ship in a storm. Um, and a, a 23-year-old man who understands that runs are going to happen, especially on the road, you're, you're going to play really well in this league and especially away from home. And I, I thought that was key. And um, so, yeah, I, I think physically there are things that Hutch can give you that Jacob maybe can't. But I think from a mentality standpoint, having that guy out there that's been in big moments um, as a 23-year-old is huge for the Illini, and I thought it was huge tonight. Yeah, and, and I guess my con- my thing was, you know, we're talking about how to get Trent uh, a minute, a few minutes. If Hutch is healthy, maybe he can give him a minute. Maybe you can yeah. get Plummer out there for – you can get Plummer less minutes. You can get a couple minutes here or there, even if it's just 10 minutes a game. And, and maybe he fits better. You get uh, – Granny played 30 tonight, and, and that's one of the most he's played. Um, DeMonte also played 30, but you get foul trouble and you're going to have somebody, and that's his chance. That's one thing about these guys. There's your chance to step up. Like when you get an opportunity, you got to seize it. And that's what Grandison's done. That's what Luke Goody has done to a certain extent. Although tonight you could see he was mm-hmm. a little bit above his, above where he, you know, he, he maybe was, this game was a little bit too intense for him at this point, you know, just the, uh, it wasn't quite ready for that. He hadn't seen anything like this before. And so, so he kind of struggled, but you know, I think you got, um, you know, and I thought Omar Payne hadn't seen anything. He looked like he was a deer in the headlights tonight after having a good game on uh, you know, last game. And he just looked completely 
out of it, and he only played one minute, but he had a turnover on an illegal screen and then fouls and out of position. And so you put in, you know, best Benjamin Bosman's Verdonk, who is not the – doesn't have any upside necessarily, but he's going to battle. He's going to compete. He's going to be in the right spot. And, you know, and, and that's where you, you know, you just hope that, you know, you can get those minutes and save Kofi a little time. Well, yeah, he's he got – Hutch is going to have – Hutch is going to have – a month here to practice like we talked earlier brad i mean yeah he's gonna have to earn he's gonna have to earn the right to come in and then the other thing he's gonna have to do is when he's on the floor he's gonna have to be aggressive so that he's productive because the bottom line is you can't go out on the floor and then be out there for seven minutes with no rebounds no assists no shots and say oh, i was getting into the flow of the game because somebody's gonna take that minutes and do something with it so he's got all the talent in the world, but um, it, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna really challenge him to to practice that hard to earn the shot, and then to go out there, he's gonna have to take something. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll just put it to you two guys. Okay, we're now at December sixth. It's a little early to say this, but it's Big Ten play tonight, and you got another big game on Saturday. Underwood's kind of going back to that eight-man rotation. He's going back to that nine-man rotation at most, you know. And so, you know, yeah, I think Hutch is going to have to work his tail off in practice in order to get back into this rotation. Because right now, based off of what I've seen against Notre Dame and what I've seen against Rutgers and what I've seen against now Iowa, Jacob Granderson and Demonte Williams have looked really, really good. And if if you want to take their minutes and you want to make Underwood feel good about taking either one of those two guys – you know, off the floor, you're going to have to make him give you a reason. And right now, um, physically, I think he's got to get healthy and then he's got to get confident. And if he does, and if he does those two things, he's got a chance to do that. But right now, I think Illinois fans need to be really happy about the 23, 24 year olds they have out there that can kind of keep everything calm, cool and collective like they did tonight. That was huge for them. And for all the people again, and on our, on our boards and in the game room, they're like, why is Demonte Williams out there? Well, he, he shouldn't be out there being your primary ball handler when you want to set Trent, but um, he's out there because he's, he's going to guard Keegan Murray. He's going to basically be that, you know, calm guy in a storm. And, and Jacob Granderson was that guy sh surely that night. And then three or three throw in 21 points out of Jacob Granderson and, and you got yourself what you need out of the three and four spot. And so, um, yeah, I, I think, this was a huge win for a, for a veteran Illinois team to come in here and, 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 and win in a game that, I just felt like they 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 sat down and played defense at, at critical times and they rebounded and, and they made free throws. And that was how that's kind of how you win games in this league, Brad. You've seen it for years. Yep. You, that's the formula. That's the equation. And now they're two and oh. Yep. And they've got, you know, you, uh, we were talking about a very favorable schedule after the Arizona game for the next, you know, you win the Arizona. If you can pull out that win against Arizona, a very favorable schedule moving forward until you get that Michigan Purdue weekend. And so, that's kind of exciting if you think about it like i mean you got a chance to if you you're putting things together starting to click a little bit and it also gives you some opportunity you got some breaks there where maybe you get you start bringing andre curbello back on the 18th and, and slowly and then against missouri and then against florida and f doesn't sound like by the way it doesn't sound like there'll be any missouri fans in the missouri game since they're all going to go to the bowl game so they're and it, looking at the ticket sales right now there's a lot of tickets available in the missouri section for that bragging rights game so you know you've got those three games that are all games that you should definitely win and then you and then you've got you know even the big 10 startup you've got minnesota who is 
you know, maybe better than expected, but still not great. Um, you've got Maryland at home and, uh, you know, then, uh, you know, Michigan and Purdue weekend. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you've got a want... lot of, yeah, I would say, Brad, you've got a lot of people right now that should be very encouraged by how Illinois is playing when they don't have Andre Corbello. And quite yeah. frankly, haven't seen him at their best all year, even yeah. when he's been on the floor. Yeah, exactly. So you've got that as your wild card right now. That if, if and when he ever comes back, and I don't know when that's going to be, and I don't know if anybody does, like right now. But if he does ever come back and he's the player that you thought he could be in the preseason, this is a top 10 team in the country. Well, all that has to come together. But if even if he doesn't, this team has 20. 23, 24-year-olds right now out there that are making sure that these younger guys know how to win Big Ten games just like they did tonight. Yeah, I think I'll be honest with you, I think it's a top 15 team team without him um, just because mm-hmm. they have Kofi Coburn. But I think with him, that opens the that ups the ups your ceiling to a team that can win the national title. I mean, I really yeah. think, go to a Final Four or something like that with him. But he's got to be the Andre Carbello we saw the last 10 or 12 games last year when he was just really good and not the under Cabello that we see have seen that you saw at the beginning of this year. So joining amazing, us now- amazingly, amazingly Dick Vitale actually tweeted <clears throat> something similar just a few minutes ago, which I, I'm not certain who's running his, his Twitter feed. Um, the other thing is, is for those Illini fans who think the big 10 is against them, um, you got to get in line behind the Iowa fans because they're forced to watch a, a broadcast of the uh, big 10 championship game immediately after Illinois beats them tonight. So they're reliving the 42 to three hell that was Saturday night. So, you know, I'm not an Iowa guy, so <laughs> it's yeah, awesome. You know, and, and they also had to open at Purdue. Then they get Illinois. Those are arguably the two top teams in the big 10 coming in, you know, preseason, yes. maybe Michigan. And they get those two, their first two games, and then they lose the big 10 championship game. In a drubbing, what a weekend for Iowa, right? I mean, what a weekend for Long Island. Wonderful, Mike. Cagley my heart goes. And Brad my heart goes out to him. Yeah, my, wonderful, Mike Kegley and Brad Sturdy trying to get my tires slashed before I get out of Iowa City. <laughs> hey, awesome. hey, I appreciate join, it. Joining us now, the our resident Iowa uh, fan and expert on the on the site, <laughs> Kedrick Kedrick Prince. Kedrick, I, I told you I told you earlier today you were the Hawkeye, the new Hawkeye stand. So, uh, what what did you think about the game tonight? Well, man, if your tires get fast, baby, because it's a great win for me. Uh, considering where I live at, send me the bill, and I'll pay. I'll be glad to pay for it. I'll tell you <laughs> what, that that was just, you know what? I, I can honestly tell you guys, I think this is my last trip coming to Iowa City. I don't want to be a crybaby, but I'm going to be a crybaby. I just can't. I've never seen a group of fans that they never file every cause against Kofi. They want them out of the game. It's just not enjoyable to watch. But at the end of the day, when you come out there with the W and watch them leave the game early, it's great. And then I hear the, the Illini fans in the background getting an ILLI and I train going. It was great. And to be honest with you, let's give kudos to Brad Underwood. I mean, this guy, I think he's won nine out of his last 10 more games than what they said tonight. Uh, he's beaten Iowa four straight times, hasn't won there since 2017. You know, you got a bunch of old veterans out there, like you guys mentioned. And they look confident. And I don't know what you guys talked about before I got on the air, but with Cabello at back at an average Cabello, this is easily a top-five team. And it's disappointing to me how the posters just kind of took a jab at them and dropped them a little bit. But you know what? At the end of the day, no one's going to want to play them. I definitely don't want to play against Kofi. I, I just think 
I mean, that dude just changes everything out there. I mean, you you have to send two guys to block him out on the rebounds. And then it, then those other guys, if they just run and chase the ball, you're going to get offensive rebounds, like a lot of them. And you're going to get those second chance points. Um, Ked, Ked, did you think, uh, what what were your thoughts on uh, the, the uh, fan? How, a lot of Illinois fans in attendance? You know, I, I, I'm surprised. I've been to Iowa City. You know, from where we live in the car, it's 50 miles. But tonight was the most I've ever seen in the last 10 or 15 years. And I'm not exaggerating. There was a section to, to the left of the media table where we were sitting at. There was a section sitting behind the, uh, the team. Then there was another section sitting at half court. I mean, it was it, it was great. I mean, as Larry said, it was it was amazing. You know, to see that many fans come out there to support them like that. And they were out in droves. And I, it's just really nice to see. And Carver Hawkeye wasn't sold out. I don't know what it sounded like on TV, but it wasn't sold out. But you guys have to hear the Illinois fans cheering a little bit because they were really representing. And they know where we live at in the Quad Cities because you, you drive across the bridge. It's Illinois and Iowa. And they finally won in Iowa City. And to come back from a 17-0 run, and there was just so many great things to talk about. People are trying to find an MVP. The whole team was an MVP. You can't you can't leave out Plummer. You can't leave out Jake. You can't leave out Kofi. Trent, you know, he had a bounce back. It was a great team win, finally. Yeah, I also thought, you know, I thought Coleman Hawkins did a really nice job in the first half. Matt was talking about that. He did a really nice job on Keegan Murray. I think at halftime he had something like um, five points or something, five rebounds, five assists or something, or some some really good numbers on the first half. I could look it up real quick, but um, I thought, yeah. yeah. Are you talking about Ke- Brad, you're talking about Keegan Murray? No, I, Hawkins. Hawkins had six points, oh, five please. rebounds, five assists in the first half. Six, five, and five in the first half and a steal and played 18 minutes and held Keegan Murray to two points um, during that Three time. Shot attempts. Three shot attempts. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really yeah. impressive from Coleman. Yeah. I know Coleman's your guy, kid. So, I, you know, I, I thought that was really a, a good effort from him. You know what was unique and was good about Because you're right. I, you, you go back to what he did to Harper last week, and I thought if he wouldn't have got those ticky-tack fouls, I don't think Murray would have got those points late. Coleman is really spying into the defensive end, and he's a like Brad said Underwood. I mean, in his press conference yesterday, this is a four man's league this year, and Coleman's one of those guys. I mean, you know, Matt and I have been big Coleman Hawkins fans forever because we see the upside in him, and you know, yes, I want to see his three point shooting rise above twenty nine percent, but he's going to get there. He's doing the intangible things that I hate to say that Georgia couldn't do last year. You know, Georgia couldn't guard like that. You know, and it's going to be nice when you go to Purdue or when you play Ohio State. You're going to have somebody now who can defend that position very, very well. How good? How much better is Jacob Grandison? You know, last year we put Jacob Grandison in the lineup, and it was, you know, as the power forward, right? And we had Demonte. How much better does Jake look as a three right now? Playing most of, a lot of his time as a three, he looks ten times better, doesn't he? I mean, he's just more fluid, moving without the ball even putting the ball on the floor a few times and obviously making shots against guys that, you know, he can get a shot off over too, because he's not playing against taller guys. Um, I've seen him take, he's taken more shots. He took more shots again. Last game, I think his record was 11. Tonight he took 14 shots. That's I mean, that's by far the most shots. I know he's feeling it and he's shooting it well from three. He, he just looks like a different player this year than where he was a year ago on the offensive end. You know, I, I, Brad, I think you're getting – I talked about it, like, early in the year, um, and especially when they've been out, when there's been a whole bunch of guys out, and Jacob's kind of been the only guy in there. 
um, I think I tweeted against like Arkansas State or something. I'm like, you need to, we need to get, we need to get Holy Cross Jacob Bradderson tonight. Like, you know, we need to hit him where he's the number one option. Part of that, Brad, I'd have to go back and look, but like when he's coming off the bench with that second unit, like when DeMonte needs, needs a breather or something, okay, now you've got an offensive guy at the three or the four, and maybe they're sitting Kofi for a minute or two. So now you don't, like you're trading offensive defense. So when Jacob comes in the game, he immediately knows, okay, it's my time to, you know, you know, go be aggressive offensively because there's two or three guys that are offensive go-to guys right now. And I'm one of them, you know? And so when he's been in that starting lineup, there's been guys like Trent, like last year, like Trent Io, you know, Kofi, you know, those types of guys have always been in the lineup. So he's been a secondary option when they bring him off the bench right now, he's a, he's a primary option on offense. And when he's, doing the scouting report stuff that he needs to do on defense. He's, he's, he's a killer, but right now I, I like his role that he's got. I know he played 30 minutes, so I don't really care if he starts and I don't know if he does, but I love the role that he's in right now, just on this alumni team and what, what he can provide for them off the bench because it was huge tonight. Yep. Totally agree. Well, guys, let's, uh, let's run, wrap this up. Uh, let each of you have a, have a statement here. Uh, Mike, what do you got? Anything? What's your last, give me your last pearl of wisdom, Mike Kegley. Uh, the last pearl of wisdom is, my gosh, is it fun to beat Iowa in Iowa City? You know, as a kid, you grew up, you know, you had to deal with Ronnie Lester. And, I mean, you, all these guys for years and years. And that Mike, was one Mike, of, there are only 10 people listening who even were alive when Ronnie Lester played. Come on. Not, nonetheless, they still <laughs> – I'm one of them. Yeah, exactly. I'm, they're, they're thinking of – maybe they can think of Jeff Horner. Maybe yeah. Jeff Horner that went, yeah. you know, Adam Paluska. Uh, I hate I, I you know I was tough. I, I think the big three for me on the road have always been you know, Iowa, Purdue, and Indiana. So if you can get a win at one of those three, then that just gets you more inspiration to try to make it two out of three, and then three out of three. So let's let's keep it going, um, and it's it savor the victory. Matt, what do you think? What's your final thought? My final thought is, like you said it after the Rutgers game a little bit, but the legend of Trent Frazier continues because that sucker played 36 minutes tonight. I know he's not healthy. Um, he's wearing half of a football pad on his right shoulder. He goes and he gets – what did he get tonight? Um, eight. He goes eight and gets rebounds. 18 tonight, eight rebounds, um, and, and plays really, really good defense in 37 minutes, and he is the heart of their team. Now, on the other flip side, I, I feel like the heart of Iowa's team is Jordan Bohannon. Two points, 17 minutes, and looked completely out of sync all night long because he was being guarded by, by Trent Frazier. So, um, you know, I, I go back to what Underwood said. That key little sucker takes your soul away. And I think that if Trent Frazier keeps playing like this, Illinois is going to be really dangerous. Ked, what do you got? I like – I kind of do with Mike. Anytime you go to Iowa City and you can – Apologize for it. The most impressive thing to me from the whole game was Iowa fans are found a way to win. They are they, they're, they're getting they're interfering with your signal, Ked. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm on the road. I'm sorry. I'll be real quick. Never apologize for a win. It's also good because these teams because these kids battle back, and when they face adversity, that's only going to help them down the road. Yeah, no question. This is this is what you got to do in the Big Ten. You win these road games. I mean, win your home games, split your road games. You're going to be in contention for the Big Ten title at the end of the day. 
at at 15 and 5. So Illinois 1-0 at home, 1-0 on the road. And as I tweeted the other day to Coach Frazier when he tweeted 1-0, I said, can't go 20-0 unless you start 1-0. Can't go 20-0 unless you start 2-0 either. Illini, 87-83 over the Iowa Hawkeyes on the road. They're on their way back to Champaign. Get ready for Arizona on Saturday. We've got all kinds of coverage on IlliniGuys.com. 30 for 30, obviously. Eye on the Illini. Um, for Saturday, we'll have Eye on the Illini postgame. Then on, you know, we've got pregames. We've got recruiting from Ked. We've got, you know, all kinds of stuff. We're going to have features from Matt. We've got all kinds of goodies on basketball. Connor Cagley doing our pregame breakdowns. And we've got a lot of content for you guys. Check it out on IlliniGuys.com. And uh, you'll find a lot. You could even win a $100 Christmas gift card. You can sign up now, Black Friday. Even though we're past Black Friday, we still are calling it Black Friday. And we're giving away uh, sweatshirts, Illini Guys sweatshirts, to people who subscribe in the next couple of weeks. So this is Brad Sturdy for Matt Stevens, Mike Cagley, and Kedrick Prince. Sturdy for 30. Thanks for listening.